0: Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday evening chapel, and also welcome to our first chapel of 2012. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Happy New Year. It is our privilege this evening to have uh, Dean of Online Education uh, for here at NBC, Dr. Alan like Dr. Alan Lake, let's welcome him. He's going to help us hear from, from the Lord this evening. A uh, couple things. First of all, welcome back. I trust you had a good break. I did. Um, there's a couple of things that I would like for us to, rem- to remind us about. Uh, first is an opportunity for us to grow. On Thursday evenings at 5, five o'clock in the Fireside Room, uh, we have a meeting called um, Trusting God, where we come together and we pray and we um, disciple and just... Dis- time for us to hold one another accountable. So I invite you, 5 o'clock, Thursdays, at where? Fireside, Fireside Room. Okay, great. So come. I encourage you to come. Secondly, I'd like to you guys um, to invite you again t- to come back tomorrow evening. We have special guests, musicians that are going to be um, ministering to us um, tomorrow evening, Frank and Dana, and they'll be um, ministering to us with, with music. We'll have a wonderful time of praise and worship. Let's all stand this evening as we say our theme together. Let us say it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways acknowledge Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways acknowledge Him. Scripture tells us that the Lord is an everlasting God. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. Okay. Amen. Let us worship.
1: Pazes e John.
0: Our prayer tonight and saying, Lord, you have my heart. Lord, you have my heart.
1: I will serve.
2: You make those words realities you make it possible for us to see your glory and we give you praise we give you thanks for your presence we give you thanks for your promise we give you thanks for what you call us to what you provided we give you thanks for the challenges we give you thanks for your provision and we pray now as your sons and daughters that we'd sense your presence that we'd hear your word that we'd see your glory here the glory of your spirit and the glory of your spirit at work in us we pray make it so make it true and we pray it in the name of Jesus who is the author and perfecter of all that we hope for and long for pray in Jesus name Amen Amen. Maybe may be seated. Well, this feels familiar. It's nice to see you. It's been a year, I think. Um, it's been a year. Actually, a year ago this time, uh, I was asked whether or not I'd be willing to serve as the, the Dean of Online Education. And it's been a year. So those of you that are recognized, hi, how are you been? And those of you that, that I haven't met yet, um, thanks for the chance to, to minister the word. Take the Bible that's in front of you and turn to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to do some work. We're going to take a look at um, the two verses that make up the theme for the chapel year. But I want us to... Um, to hear the whole context before we do. So we'll start right with verse 1 in Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones." Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. The word of the Lord. Well, there are a number of things that we can do when we want to make a point with someone. One of the most effective is to state our point and then repeat what we've just said. One of the most effective is just to state our point and then repeat what we've just said. That's one point, one way. Another way to make a point is to state it and then to say it again, but using different words the second time to try to reinforce what we tried to say the first time, to try to add a little picture, a little little facet to, to the thing that we were trying to get across. So anyone who has taken introduction to the Old Testament, see your hands? Okay, And anyone who has taken biblical interpretation, those of you who haven't raised your hand yet, you have something to look forward to. <laughs> you all know that Hebrew poetry uses this second approach all the time, doesn't it? Well, that's not a trick question. All in favor, say aye. Okay. So in our text, verses 5 and 6, the first three lines of this passage from Proverbs are really three ways of saying the same thing. Trust in the Lord. Notice it's capital L-O-R-D, the Lord Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. Three ways of saying one thing. And if we do that, the result is, He will make our paths straight. Amen? All in favor say aye. Aye. Okay. The way I learned that last verse is that he will direct your paths. Another sermon another time. Let's go back to to those first three lines. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. It's the verbs, it's the action words that I want us to look at just for a minute. Trust, lean, acknowledge. Now, I don't know about you, but it's the last of those verbs, at least the translation for that verb, acknowledge, that seems a little softer than the other two. I mean, trust, lean, acknowledge. It it, it just seems less focused, less, less demanding. When I hear the word acknowledge, it reminds me of somebody, a golfer in particular, a golfer who will give the tip of his hat to acknowledge the applause as he or she walks up the fairway of the 18th hole of the final round of the tournament. So Phil Mickelson, a couple of years ago, finally won, or was it his second Masters, you golfers? Second, Second, thank you very much. So So he wins... So he wins the 2010 Masters. But as he's walking toward the 18th green, everyone is applauding and clapping. So he tips his hat. The crowd's been watching the players all week. They know all the skill shots they've made and the bads and the bad ones they've shanked. They know all the wise choice of clubs and the risky guesses they used. And Phil Mickelson was is known for that. And they cheered on their favorite all week. So as the player approaches. The final hole, the crowd applauds. Applauds. Come on, applaud. And the golfer acknowledges the applause with the tip of his cap. This is Loreno Ochoa from 2009, won the LPGA Classic. This kind of acknowledgement happens in sports all the time, all kinds of spectator events. Everyone has practiced the parade wave at one point in their life or the other, right? Uh, But that's not the kind of acknowledge that the writer has in mind here. He wanted more than a tip of the hat from the reader. Another way that we acknowledge people is that we let them know, we see them, um, we let them know that they've entered the room that we're a part of. And so I I waved to some folks across the the waves who came in, kind of nodded to somebody else. There were some people who didn't want to talk to me, so I just kind of went like this. Yeah. One time a couple of years back I was I walked into the library and Lester Anderson anybody remember Lester? Graduated from a couple years ago, so I walked into the library I was looking for a book and Lester looked up from the table and he went <laughs> He let me know I was there Now I hope it's okay. I needed to ask about this guy anybody know who this is Good okay, that's all I need to know it is Drake. Is it okay if I use this picture? Okay, all right. But I needed somebody who was doing this. So, so Lester acknowledged me with a double fist pump and a peace sign. It's not what the writer has in mind. He's looking for more than a nod or a wave, and he's looking for more than a double chest pump with a peace sign, acknowledgement of God's presence. There's a third way, another way that we use the word acknowledge. And it's when we want someone else's approval of something we've done. Or something we're about to do. We have everything in place. We've worked hard to get to that point. We've, we, have, we have looked all up. We have followed through with our resources and, and have our exegetical format in place. We just need our boss or our teacher or our spouse or our friend or our coworker or our pastor, this other person to say, nice job. Well done, good work, Attaboy, way to go. We want them to acknowledge our work and our effort. We want their stamp of approval. But you guessed it, uh, the writer has more than that in mind too. In in all your ways, acknowledge him. Originally, what the writer had in mind was the same kind of focus, the same kind of intensity as trust and lean. In fact, it would be more in keeping with those previous lines in those verses to translate it something like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Know his way for you. It implies the same kind of abandon that defines the word trust. It echoes the same kind of release that characterizes the word lean. The word no here means a dependence on, a reliance in, an intimacy. The Old Testament use of the word no. An intimacy with God that looks to him for direction, for leading, for everything. I found a prayer phrase while I was preparing for this, and the prayer phrase puts it this way. Know him in all your ways, and he straightens your path. Know him in all your ways, and he straightens your paths. Now, what an opportunity. What an opportunity. The Lord Yahweh, the God of the universe, the I Am, makes it possible for us to trust him. Makes it possible for us to lean on him, to know him. He waits for us to act. He waits for us to choose him, to move in his direction. And as we do, he directs, he straightens our paths. Notice, though, notice that the direction of the path is not up to us. Where the straight path leads is up to him. And the question is, are we okay with that? Are we okay with that? Are we all right with trusting in, leaning on, knowing him so completely that we'll go regardless of where he leads us? Or or, or would we rather walk in the path that he makes straight for us with some stipulations, with some escape clauses, with some fine print that's a part of our contract that predetermines just how far we'll go or just in what direction we'll we'll head, even if it's his. Now, those of you that know me, um, this is not anything new. I, I think one of the great things about being at Nazarene Bible College is that we get to share space and time with men and women who have been called by God to fulfill his purpose for their lives. It it is one of the greatest privileges we have. The NBC family, students and faculty, staff and administration is made up of folks who have said yes to God and they're working out those details now. I mean, I, I don't know of anyone who's here who isn't here because they believe God wants them to be. Everybody in the room, everybody in an office, everybody who works on the grounds, they're here because they believe that God wants them to be. We are part of a family that consists of men and women who have chosen to walk the straight path before us. Amen? We have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. No turning back. But sometimes I think in our humanness, sometimes I think we want to predetermine what our following is going to look like. I mean, we know the general direction that he has in mind for us. For example, some of, there are some folks who are called to a pastoral ministry. They are just sure they're going to preach like T.D. Jakes. They are just sure they're going to grow a ministry like Rick Warren. Or they're going to lead a teaching like Beth Moore. They're just sure of it. There are men and women who have been called the counseling ministry. They're just positive that once they get their practice going, the next step is focus on the family. <laughs> or they'll discover something in that process of, becoming, of discovering who they are that Celebrate Recovery won't have anything on what they'll do. I've had enough conversations here long enough to know that we, when we come and say yes here, we still want to walk the path that God has placed before us with stipulations. And sometimes, sometimes we're so sure that we know how best to fulfill his call in our life that we start shaping and shifting and moving the direction of his path to fit our preconceived notions of what ministry looks like. And it's not too long before we're not trusting or leaning or knowing him any longer. We're headed off in our own direction and doing it in Jesus' name. Another challenge I know that we face, as we walk in this path that He makes straight for us, is that sometimes we try to walk two paths at the same time. We compartmentalize. We walk one path in answer to God's call, while walking in another that has nothing to do with His godliness. So. We're tenacious about our studies, but we're a terror to live with. We're serious about our papers, but we're sexually promiscuous. We're determined to graduate, but we're in default with our creditors. We will complete our degree, but at the cost of our family. This compartmentalized, two-directional kind of living is in direct contrast with the one-directional focus that God calls us to, that he offers us, in this proverb. He says, trust me with all your heart. Lean on me for all your understanding. Know me. And everything you do, and I will make the way straight for you. Point is that one path can't go in multiple directions, it's not possible. And the Lord gives us the opportunity to choose which of the paths we'll pref- we prefer. Reminds me of this quote from C.S. Lewis in his book, The Great Divorce. Lewis says that in the end, there are only two kinds of people. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. In all his ways, that he will direct our paths. So, now what? What do we do with what we know? Well, let me just a little review. It's always good to review. We know that to acknowledge God in the sense of these verses is more than a tip of the hat or a wave of the hand or a stamp of approval or a double fist pump peace sign. Right? We know that. We know... That walking in the path that God has made straight for us means, the more, means more than just trying to head in the general direction while we're really still steering the thing. We know that we can trust and lean and know the Lord and live a God-straightened, God-directed life. So what does it take to do that? we have to yield our hearts. See, we can't really trust. We can't really trust unless we open our hearts. Not to Him, not to anyone. We can't really trust unless we open our hearts. We, we can't really lean on somebody if our hearts aren't willing. We can't really know and be known by God until we yield our hearts to Him. Now, everything else, the repurposing, the resolving, the renewing, the revising, everything that will require change in our lives if we're going to trust and lean and know the way that this describes, all that comes But it comes on the other side of this yielding. Because otherwise we're just doing it from here. He wants us, he invites us to do it from here. So that means, so that means we're going to have to examine individually We're going to have to think about, consider, the reasons why we're not trusting Him. Why we're not leaning on Him. Why we're not knowing and being known by Him now. And we have to decide whether or not those reasons are enough to not yield. I know we're willing to tip our hats. I know you're willing to move and come here. But are we willing to yield? I want us to close with a song if the musicians will come. It's a song that I could sing every other week, sometimes every other day. We're going to close with a song that if we, when we sing the words, if we'll mean them, that will put us along the way of yielding our hearts to the Lord. Stand and let's sing I Give You My Heart. you've made us for this purpose. You've made us so that we can trust you. You've made us so that we can lean on you. You've made us so that we can know you and be known by you. You have made us so that we can walk straight paths directed by you. What a wonderful gift. And we pray for your grace to receive it. We pray for your grace to live it. We pray for your grace to embody it in every part of our beings. And we thank you for making it so. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Go in his peace.